All right, so here we are in Genesis chapter 16, and let's go ahead and start reading in verse 1. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. So, first off, remember how uh, Sunday, when we were in chapter 15, how it seemed kind of random how God had kind of sentenced Israel to 400 years in Egyptian bondage for what seemed to be not much, you know, except Abraham asking God to give him a sign to prove he was going to do what God said he was going to do. And again, I get that's my opinion that that part of that's why. But I do think it's interesting that when we get to the very next chapter, we see this great sin that Abraham did with Hagar, who was an Egyptian too. You know, now where did they get this handmaid from Egypt? Well, I think they got it from that time that Abraham was, you know, spent in Egypt and something and you know, and this handmaid that they ended up taking a lot of trouble was caused because of what was done. Not so much because he took a handmaid, but because of what he did with the handmaid in this situation. And so you can kind of say that that is, you know, part of what we see happen to Israel was because of Abraham. And I forgot to write this down after I prepared this message, just in my regular Bible reading, I was reading, I believe it was in Jeremiah, where it referred to the story we read in chapter 15, where it talked about, you know, the... Remember how that lantern or that light went between the parts? Abraham had cut those animals in part, and he walked in between them. And in that passage, it referred to Israel doing that. They all got it credited for that being a part of that covenant and walking through those parts because they were yet in the loins of Abraham during that time. So that's just how God sees it. So even though, you know, Israel, the, you know, the, that came later, the people that were born later, even though they weren't the ones that participated in this, you know, they were because it was Abraham that did it. And I think it's important that we understand that too, because what I'm going to teach you in this chapter today, I'm going to read the first part, we're going to go through the chapter, and I'm going to teach you what the old IFB teaches from Genesis chapter 16. That is correct. But then I'm going to go through, and I'm going to teach you more what you would hear in the new IFB, that is also correct, that the old IFB would strongly disagree with. However, you know, this is not, what I'm going to show you is not a matter of opinion. It's just laid out fact. It, with, and there, there's no, no room for debate on this. We're right in what we teach. And actually, they're right too. It's just they leave a lot of great truth out when they talk about this chapter. Because there was something in the Old Testament to where you came from physically. It didn't determine everything. You know, we see all kinds of examples of God's grace going to people who are not from Israel, just like we see people who are of Israel, you know, being recipients of God's wrath. Okay? But at the same time, you know, it did matter where you came from back then. So, you know, Abraham in chapter 15, he didn't take God's word literally, or in this chapter, he does not take God's word literally. And what does he do? We see he's going to try to help God fulfill his prophecy. Just kind of what he did last time. Before, he didn't really try to help God, but he did try to interpret, you know, God's word in a weird way by thinking, you know, I guess it's Eliezer, my servant. 
he's going to be my heir, and that's who God's going to use, even though that's not what God said. But he's trying to make it fit his situation. And so what did he do? He just kind of twisted the God's word a little bit. But then when we get to chapter 16, we see him just, you know, full-blown, you know, putting action to what he's doing. He's trying to help make God right because here he is in his mid-80s, and he hasn't had a child yet. There's no way God can be right. And God said he was going to give him a child. God told him it's not Eliezer. So therefore, Abraham, he's got to help God to make God look good. But does God need our help? No. And, you know, God didn't need Abraham's help here. God had a plan. God was going to do something. And so in verse 3, it says, And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. This is, this is great here, too, because in chapter uh, 3 of Genesis, we learn, don't listen to your wife, right? Because isn't that what Adam did? Plunge the whole human race into existence. And, you know, women, they'll often tell their husbands, if you'll just listen to me, you know, I'd be happy, right? That didn't happen with Sarah here. You know, she, Abraham goes and he listens to his wife. You know, didn't learn from his great-great-grandfather Adam. He does what she wants. What Sarah wanted to happen, happened. And then Sarah's mad. She's not happy. She wants to get rid of Hagar. She's upset by what happened. So just another lesson, men. Don't listen to your wives. All right? I just threw that in there for bonus. It doesn't really have, have anything to do with the message. But Sarah, Sarah reg- immediately regretted that decision. And you know what? It wasn't so much Sarah's fault as it was Abram's fault. Who was the leader of the home? So just keep that in mind, okay? You know, you're, you can blame your wife all you want, but at the end of the day, you're the leader of the home. You're the one that's accountable. So you better just do the right thing. And you know, God didn't care about Adam's excuse, so he's not going to care about your excuse either. So verse 6, And Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. You know, and this is just a terrible thing that happened to Hagar, you know. Here she is, a handmaid from Egypt. She doesn't have any choice in what's going on. She hasn't done anything herself, but yet here she is getting treated bad when all she did was what her you know, master told her to do. And then here she is getting treated terrible. And this is just another example, too, when people want to bring up, you know, multiple wives in the Old Testament. Well, you know, Abraham had... It never worked. It never accomplished anything good. It was always a bad thing. We learn from Genesis that you should only have one wife. Jesus used Genesis to prove a man should only have one wife and that they should not get divorced. He used Genesis. He used what what God set up in the Garden of Eden as proof of that. He did not add to the Scripture when Jesus taught against divorce. He used the Scripture to teach against divorce. So keep that in mind. And we learn from these examples, too, that multiple wives is a bad thing. So don't, don't bring up Abraham to me to justify that kind of thing. Don't bring up David. Don't bring up Solomon. Every one of these stories that we read had terrible results. 
People want to, they want to use these excuses because they're just wicked, because they're just perverts. That's all there is to it. And there is no biblical justification for that type of thing. There never has been. It wasn't okay in the Old Testament. It was always a bad thing. So it says in verse 7, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of the water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. So, you know, he said, man, this is terrible. Why would an angel tell her to go back and basically be a slave? But the truth is, Hagar and Ishmael probably would have died had she not gone back. She wasn't going to be taken care of. Even years later, when Ishmael is older and she gets driven out again, you know, she was worried about her son dying then when he was about 12 or 13 years old. So for sure they would have been in trouble uh, even more so back then. But God wanted Hagar and Ishmael to stay, to, to stay with Abraham because God had a plan for them. So what we're about to see in these next two verses always gets Baptists, especially Fox News Baptists or Dispensational Baptists, talking about Muslims and Arabs okay? every time. And look what it says in verse 10. And so what I'm about to say that they say is true, Okay. Verse 10, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Okay. Now, this is where we would talk about how many Muslims there are. Did you know, and this is according to Google, nearly one-fourth of the world's population are Muslims. And I understand, you know, Islam's religion, but it's mainly a race, isn't it? Okay. It's mainly a race. There's approximately 1.8 billion Muslims. That's a lot. They are, uh, there are a lot of them. And they're spreading out all over this world and destabilizing the world. They are a wild people. They are an unruly people. They, uh, they're, they're destroying Europe right now. All their nations they have are a mess. Nobody wants to live there. And even they don't want to live there. And then the decent ones, or I should say the better ones from there, they move out of there and they move into places like Europe, but then they destabilize Europe because they're still wicked. These are, they're, they're crazy people. All right? but th- so think about this. There's 1.8 billion Muslims in the world. You know how many Jews there are that descend from Isaac physically? According to what? All right, in 2010, there were 14 million. Okay, so 14 million, so think about it this way, 14 million Jews, 1.8 billion Muslims, that's 1,800 million. So 14, you know, compared to 1,800. That's how many more Muslims there are than Jews. Think about that. And they only got a 13-year head start. So that's that's something right there to, to think about. I mean... Was that not fulfilled through Ishmael there? You know, there's, there's no doubt about that. And we don't get to claim any of that there, okay? Because we're not of Ishmael by any stretch of the imagination. We are not of Ishmael. The Bible says, and we're going to see it later, we're from Isaac, okay? And that's not talking physically. It's talking spiritually. This here is physically talking about Ishmael. And the, the Muslims, the Arabs, they physically come from Ishmael. Okay? So, 
Verse 12, or verse 11, says, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. So Ishmael means the Lord will hear. When she got driven out, she was in distress. She called on the Lord, and God heard her. And that's what that name Ishmael means. That's actually a, a good meaning, is it? But you know, how many Christian people do you know named Ishmael? Uh, I think it would probably be a good name, but everybody associates, with, associates it with the Muslims. So, you know, we, there's a lot of Isaacs in the Christian world, but no Ishmaels. Okay? Ishmael's got a good meaning. Okay? Now, I, I, now, because of who Ishmael represents, okay, even though it's a good meaning, I wouldn't name my kid Ishmael. Okay? And it's not so much because of, like, you know, anti-Muslim you know, sentiments or anything like that. It's because of, it would be more because of my anti-Jewish sentiments that I would not name my child Ishmael. Literally. And we'll we'll get to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But, you know, we do see, so verse 12 says, And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And that kind of reminds me, and now he's all, he's, he, they're everywhere. We went out to, you know, Rock Falls, we're not the most racially diverse area in the world, and, you know, I'm not used to cities and things, uh, but a couple months ago, we went to um, just Aurora, to that outlet mall, and it was like, I didn't know what country we were in. It was, there was, like, people from every country. There was a ton of Muslims there, and I was just like, what in the world? And we were, like, the only white people. And I'm thinking, what, what's going on here, you know? And that's just kind of how it is in some places. But they're, they're, they're all over the place. We don't see a lot out here. There is that Albanian Islamic Center out in Morrison, out by the interstate. You know, that place makes me nervous. I wonder what's going on there sometimes, out there in the country all by itself. I didn't know we had any Muslims out here. But apparently, we, apparently we've got some. Honestly, I'm not real worried about them, but I, I do kind of keep an eye on that place. But um, and, and usually when I, I've driven by there, too, it's on Friday. And there's cars out there. Not a lot. There's cars out there because Friday is their, you know, their, that's their holy day. You know, I hate to chase rabbits. Ramadan's coming up. I think April 23rd. You think they're going to shut down any mosques? I, you know, I, I want to see them shut down a mosque on April 23rd. I want to see somebody go. I, I don't want to see them do this, all right? But, okay, I'm not saying let's do this. But I just want to see if these people, if they really are, if it's not a, an attack on church, let's see them do the same thing to the Muslims. It's not going to happen. They'll do it on Easter. They'll do it on, and you know what? They did it to the Jews too on Passover. Saw some Jews getting persecuted. But let's see if they do it to the Muslims. And you know why they probably won't do it to the Muslims? Because the Muslims will probably fight back. And I might fight with them in that case, you know. But anyway, sorry about that. I, I got to stop chasing rabbits. Acting like old IFB, just talking about everything but the message, you know. But I was listening to this sermon before service, and that's what was happening. I'm like, what is this guy even preaching about? He's talking about everything except the Bible. It was really weird. But anyway, verse thirteen, and she called the name. She called the name of the Lord that that spake unto her. Thou God seest me, for she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Beer Laharoi. Because it is between Kadesh and Barrett, and Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael, 
And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. So your modern dispensational Baptist, he will use this chapter to talk about Muslims. And that's true. You know, it, it, I mean, you go, you listen to your typical, you know, Fox News Baptist, dispensational, you know, Ruckmanai you know, preacher. He's going to get up. He's going to say a bunch of anti-Muslim stuff. We're still paying for Abraham's sin. You know, you know why we had 9-11? Because Abraham and Hagar. The world's been suffering. All these wars, all the trillions of dollars are spent in wars in Iraq. It's because of what Abraham did. That's why I don't listen to your wife, man. I'm still in the first part of this message, okay? I didn't come up with any of this stuff. I've heard this my whole life, but it's it's just right. You know, them Muslims, they don't get along with anybody. You know, Trump was right. He tried keeping them out of this country. I think we ought to ship them all back, if you ask me. They don't belong over here amongst decent people. I mean, good night. You, You know, you say you're racist. Well, you know what? They hate Israel. So, you you know... You go put that in your pipe and smoke it. You know, they they ain't anti-Semitic. I ain't about to go side with the Muslims over the Jews. The land belongs to them. God promised Abraham and his seed. And his seed's Jews. All right? I mean, am I exaggerating, folks, on anything I'm saying? All right? Am I the only one that's ever heard this kind of stuff? Okay? I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't exaggerate. Okay? I don't think we get anything from exaggerating. I'm not even exaggerating on my accent. Okay? Most people that talk like that, okay, I mean, you know, you know, I've heard Tony Hudson, you know, talking about rug riding, genie in a bottle. You know, he, he, he says all that kind of stuff. I mean, he just, he'll trash the Muslims all day long. But, you know, it's funny. You say anything about a Jew, you know, he'll lose his mind. He'll blow his top. You know, and, but here's the thing. Physically speaking, they are right. The Muslims come from Ishmael. They are a wild man. Their hand is against every man, and every man's hand is against them. That is a physical truth right there. But what does the New Testament say about this chapter? What does the New Testament say about Ishmael? What does the New Testament say about Hagar? What did the Apostle Paul preach? Okay, In the New Testament church, when they got up and they would preach on Genesis chapter 16, and when they would preach on Ishmael and Hagar and Abraham and Isaac, What did they preach? Because isn't that what we should be preaching? I mean, they're the ones that love to talk about how we're in the New Testament dispensation right now. So since we're in this New Testament dispensation, how about we, you know, preach New Testament doctrine? And And again, one of the things I'm trying to show throughout the book of Genesis is how much of our New Testament doctrine is taken from Genesis. And let me just say this again. Hey, New Testament doctrine, it's not all this new doctrine that is different from the Old Testament. Most of our New Testament doctrine is proven from the Old Testament. And any difference that you see, it's because things were fulfilled. Okay? It's not because God just went and wrote one thing and was like, all right, now we're just going to go and just do something completely different over here. No, what we're seeing in the New Testament is a fulfillment of many things. So that's why some things have changed. Okay, but so let's look at what we're supposed to be teaching from this chapter now. Okay, so what did the Apostle Paul say? Because we interpret the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. So if we were to ask the question, are Muslims of Ishmael? The answer is 
Physically, yes, but spiritually, no. Okay? Physically, yes, but spiritually, no. See, in the New Testament, we learn, and I'm not going to go through Galatians 3 again. We've already talked about Galatians 3, but we learn that these things are, that the New Testament, it's not about the law, but it's about the Spirit. It's not about the law, but it's about the Spirit. That's why we don't have, remember our whiteboard with a list of all these different rules? Okay, this was our list of rules right here that we had. And we failed. It condemned everyone, Jews and Gentiles alike. So God gave us the New Testament that we follow in the Spirit. We believe on Christ for salvation. It's not about a written list of rules. It's about the Spirit. It's about where our faith is. Okay? So the thing is, when we, if we're going to be saying as New Testament Christians, if we're going to be attributing certain things to the Muslims because of Ishmael, you realize we're doing that by the law? Now, is the law good? Yes, it is. Is the law right? Yes, it is. Therefore, physically... It, you know, the, Jew, or the Muslims are of Ishmael. But we're going to do it spiritually because that is important too. In fact, that is more important. Because of the fact you can be physically of Ishmael, and you know you can still be a Christian, can't you? You can be physically from Ishmael, but yet you can be spiritually of Isaac. So if somebody comes and they are a Muslim descendant, okay, if they get saved, you know what? We would let them be a part of this church just like anyone else. Because they are, they're the same family now. They're of Isaac. Like we are, they are spiritually of Isaac. So we don't care where they come from physically. Now, if somebody comes to this church and they are physically of Isaac, but they're not spiritually of Isaac, are we going to let them be a part of this church? No way. There's, there's no way. I would let the, the, you know, the Arab that got saved be a part of this church before I would let somebody who is physically of Isaac, who was not saved, be a part of this church. They would get thrown out. And we would let spiritual Isaac stay while physical Isaac is going to get his backside kicked out of here because spiritually he's of Ishmael. So that's what, and this is all biblical. This is what the Apostle Paul taught. So let's see what the Apostle Paul, what he said about Ishmael. Let's see if he talked like Tony Hudson and like, you know, the dispensational preachers when he went to Genesis chapter 16 and, and read the stories of Ishmael. Not all that Paul referred to is from Genesis 16. He refers to a story later. But let's, let's go ahead and look at a few things, all right? So spiritually, the Jews are of Ishmael. I'm going to show you six things real quick that prove that they are of Ishmael. So turn over to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 21. Because, again, just remember this, okay? Always remember this. And you have Galatians 3, you can hammer these people over the head with. I just heard it today. People talking about how the land belongs to the Jews. According to what? And it's the law. Okay? What, at what right? Okay? What is it about them that gives them any right to that land they will tell you their physical lineage. That would mean then that the land is theirs by the law. Well, if the, it's theirs by the law, then faith is made void. That's what Galatians 3 says. But you, you do it. Whenever people want to tell you the land belongs to the Jews, 
ask them, what, what is their claim to it? And if, and if they go to the law, Galatians 3 and 4 destroys it. They have no argument left. They have no, none whatsoever. And so spiritually, the Jews are of Ishmael. One, because they are the children of the flesh, not promise. Look what it says in Galatians 4.21. Tell me ye that desire to be under the law. Do ye not hear the law? Okay. Hey, you Fox News Baptists that want to give the land to the Jews because of the law. Do you not hear the law? Have you not read what the law says? Let's take a look at what it says. For it is written, Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. Abraham had two sons. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar, or Hagar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Wow, Jerusalem's our mother. Think about that for a second. For it is written, Rejoice thou, barren, that bearest not, break forth, and cry thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so is it now. And so no, uh, you don't have to turn over there, but in Isaiah 54, okay, the apostle Paul just quoted Isaiah 54. Again, the Apostle Paul, he's not teaching this, this you know, brand new New Testament doctrine that he received in another dispensation. He's going back, he's getting this from the Old Testament. And so in Isaiah 54, verse 1, it says, Sing, O barren, that thou didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more, for thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth, when thou was refused, saith thy God. So this is the passage Paul was referring to where he you know, he's prophesying of what was going to come. The desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. That would be Sarah who was desolate. Sarah was barren. She was past childbearing years. You know, the, the manner of women, the customs of women, they had ceased in her life. It was impossible for her to have a child. She was 90 years old, but you know what? God gave her a child anyway. It was a miracle of God. It was not a natural thing. It was a supernatural thing when she had Isaac. But you know, when it, or Hagar got pregnant, there was nothing supernatural about that. That was completely of the flesh. That was something science could easily explain. It was a very natural thing that took place. What happened with Isaac was a miracle. Now let me ask you, our birth that we received, was it of the flesh or was it of the spirit? Was it physical or was it supernatural? It was a supernatural thing. 
Was it something because of something we did or something that God did for us? It was something that God did for us. So we are of Sarah because we are a miracle of God. Our salvation was a miracle. We are of Isaac. We are the children of the promise. But the Jews who reject Jesus Christ, they are only the children of Abraham by the flesh. That's Ishmael. They represent Ishmael. I don't care if they don't descend from Ishmael. Spiritually, the Jews are of Ishmael. So the Jews are spiritually of Ishmael because they are the children of the flesh, not promise. But then secondly, because the Jews persecute the children of promise. Verse 29, but then as he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born of the spirit, even so it is now. Who was persecuting the, children, the, the Christians during this time? It was the Jews. It was the Jews. They were jealous. Who was here first, Ishmael or Isaac? Ishmael was here first. Ishmael had all those years by himself, but when they're having that celebration for Isaac when he's weaned, you know what? We see him persecuting Isaac. We see him mocking Isaac, and it made Sarah mad. And she said, cast out the bondwoman. You know, her son's not going to be heir with my son. And you know, whenever all of a sudden these Gentiles come along and they're all getting saved, all of a sudden the children of Abraham physically, Ishmael, the Jews, they didn't like seeing what was going on, how God was using them. They didn't like it when the Holy Spirit came on them at Pentecost. When God started doing a work in their life, they got jealous. And you know what they did? Like Ishmael, they persecuted Isaac. They persecuted the church. And they were doing it in Paul's day. And Paul said, this is exactly what's happening right now. The children of the flesh are persecuting the children of promise. So therefore, the Jews are of Ishmael because they persecute the children of promise. It wasn't the Muslims doing it back then. It wasn't the Arabs doing it back then. It was the Jews. That's who the Apostle Paul was talking about. So another reason the Jews are of Ishmael is because the Jews, all right, hang on to your hands, Fox News Baptists, they will not be heirs with us. They will not be heirs with us. Look what it says in Galatians 4, verse 30. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. They got, they got cast out. Y'all understand that? Hath God cast away his people? Again, they can be grafted back in as individuals. If they abide not still in unbelief, they will be grafted back in. But here's the thing, too. If they get grabbed back in, it's going to be because they abide not still in unbelief. Therefore, meaning they, were, they got saved. They're of faith. Therefore, they are of Isaac. Okay? But if they don't get saved, they're going to get cast out. Now, even a Fox News Baptist would tell you if a Jew is saved today, that he is saved because of faith in Jesus Christ and not because of his bloodline. Even they would admit that. Even a dispensationalist would admit that. Okay? So the truth is, though, and they would tell you, if right now they die, they will go to hell. You know, because they did not get saved. Okay, now they think after the rapture we're going to enter into another dispensation and everything's going to change again. But I've already showed you, too, how Paul's preaching this stuff from the Old Testament. Paul's using the Old Testament 
to make his case for what's going on. So they will not. They, they will not inherit with us. And that's why, too, if you refer back to my message when I, I preached a long time ago on the real meaning of the parable of the prodigal son, when G, uh, Jesus gives that parable, he doesn't really tell the ending. It kind of leaves you hanging. Where the father tells the older brother, you know, shouldn't I have been glad? You know, your brother, he was dead and is alive, he was lost and is found. And he does and and Jesus didn't tell us what the older brother said after that. But when I tell, told that story, I told you, here's what happens in that story. The older brother refuses to accept the younger brother and he because he does not want to share the inheritance. And he leaps. That's, that's what happens in that story. So you're adding to the scripture. No, because that's exactly what happened with the Jews. It's exactly what happened. It hadn't happened yet. Jesus took that story of the prodigal son all the way up to where they were at that moment. And at that moment, Jesus is basically telling the Jews, you should be glad these people are getting saved. You should be glad I'm eating with these publicans and sinners. This is a good thing. But they didn't see it. So that's why Jesus didn't finish the story. The story wasn't finished yet. He took them right up to where they were at that, at that moment. So the Jews will not be heirs with us. Not unless they get saved, but that would make them of Isaac after that, not of Ishmael. Ishmael's not sharing the inheritance. It's cast out. So, fourth reason that the Jews are of Ishmael is because the Jews are of the bondwoman because they are under the law. Okay? And notice what it mentioned, how it mentions these are two covenants. Okay? The one from Arabia, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth unto bondage. The Jews, because they have rejected Jesus Christ, they are under the law. Therefore, they are condemned because they are sinners. You know, we're, and that's what Romans 3 is all about. We're all, for all, when it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, everyone's a sinner. The law condemns Jews and Gentiles. The Jews thought they were covered. You know, they thought they were doing good enough, but the Apostle Paul and people like John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, they came along and told him, hey, you know, you're still not good enough. Y'all never kept this law. And the, your own law that you see, you hold up in high regard, you've missed it. You've fallen short of the glory of God, and you need to get saved. But they want to try to attain their own righteousness, and because they've rejected Jesus Christ, they are currently under the law, and folks... They're in big trouble. They better get saved or they will split hell wide open. So they, that's why they are, of, uh, they are of Ishmael because they are of the bondwoman. They physically come from, uh, they physically come from Abraham, but not spiritually. So they're of the bondwoman. They're just like Ishmael. When you read the stories about Ishmael in the Bible, you shouldn't be thinking about Muslims. As a New Testament Christian, you should be thinking about Jews. And that's who you should be thinking about. People who physically descend from Abraham, but they don't have the spirit. They are, they're, they're just of the flesh. They are like Ishmael. So the fifth reason the Jews are of Ishmael is because the Jews are contrary to all men. Okay? I mean, every dispensational Baptist, every Muslim-hating Baptist... We'll talk about, you know, it'll be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, every man's hand against him. 
I mean, you, I can't even repeat some of the things that Jim Vineyard would say about the Muslims. I've got his book. I mean, that, that guy talked against – nobody hated Muslims more than Jim Vineyard. I heard about him, too, when he was over in Israel one time. He, he even – he, like, signed one of the rockets that they were going to be shooting over into Palestinian territory. I mean, these guys hate the Muslims big time. They act like we hate Jews just because we don't think they're better than anybody else. And I, that's just, I just don't think they're better than anybody else. I think their religion's horrible and very anti-Christ. But physically, you know, you know I, I don't really think there's anything special about them. Okay? Now, I'm anti-Semitic for that because I think they need to get saved just the same way the Gentiles do. Okay? You know, I don't worship at their feet. You know, because I believe the Bible teaches they're eventually going to come and worship before my feet. That's what Revelation teaches and Isaiah teaches. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into that, but I'm anti-Semitic because of that. But yet, uh, why aren't they anti-Semitic for hating Muslims? And they hate Muslims. They want to see them bombed. They cheer when they get bombed. They are literally going over there raising money to buy bulletproof vests and help buy guns and adjustable stocks. I've got the prayer letters of missionaries to Israel that are based that are going and raising money in the states to give tactical gear to Jews to help them kill Muslims. Folks, people accuse us of being a hate group all the time. We are on the Southern Poverty Law Center's hate group list. We have never donated one cent to help anybody kill anyone, and yet Baptists today are literally raising money to help Jews kill Muslims over in Israel, and they're not hate groups. And then those same Baptists call us hate groups. Folks, the world that we live in today is so mixed up, and it's so weird, it blows my mind. I've got the, prayer, I've got the super secret do not forward prayer letters from these guys showing where they're raising money to help kill Muslims. I know these people personally. Brian Sharp, um, Gary Way, these guys are raising money to help Jews kill Muslims. But where are the hate group? You think they're going to end up on any hate list while they're doing that? Actively raising money to help kill people and then calling themselves missionaries for it. Can you imagine missions money going to help kill people? I, it's happening, folks. It's happening in the Baptist world, and Baptists brag about it. They get up and they fly their Israeli flags in these churches when they're there. They bring Jews in. They, at, they, at the, one of the anti-Anderson conferences they had up in Michigan, they literally had a Jew up there, and he started talking about killing Muslims. I forgot what he said exactly, but he basically said something about there weren't any survivors, and everybody just laughed. He's, he's talking about killing Muslims. Everybody laughed. It, that's, that's the Baptist world, folks. That's dispensational Baptist. But understand, it's the Jews that are contrary to all men. See, that is so anti-Semitic. We'll take it up with Paul. Oh, and he can say it because he was a Jew, physically speaking. 1 Thessalonians 2.14. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus, for ye also have suffered the thing like things of your own countrymen, even as they have who of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men. 
I wish I had a microphone to drop. Yeah, I don't want to break this one, though. It's good. It says, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. Where's all Israel shall be saved? It says, wrath is coming upon them. Hey, Paul said it. I didn't say it. What Paul just said about the Jews is the same thing that God said about Ishmael. Hey, because Why? Because spiritually, the Jews are of Ishmael. And you say, you know, that's done. Why, are you, why are you so fired up about this? Why do you care so much about this kind of thing? You know, at the end of the day, I really don't care what goes on between Jews and Muslims. But, you know, I get a little fired up when I hear Baptists preaching stuff this stupid. The stupid things that they're preaching. And then to take all the criticism that I do for it. You know how many preachers won't preach for me? Because of my position on the Jews. But yet they'll go preach for people that are raising money to kill Muslims. And then they'll call me anti-Semitic. You know what? They're hypocrites. And everybody hates hypocrites. They're a smoke in my nose. And they do. They, they bug the fire out of me. And I just, I'm, I'm fed up with it. You know, I'm sick of people being so loyal to their little, you know, Baptist circle that they can't see clear, plain scripture, and I can literally get up and I can echo the words of Paul and be called anti-Semitic. I, I, I just, I don't understand it. I get a little riled up by that. So the Jews are of Ishmael. Get over it, Fox News Baptist. The Jews are of Ishmael. Why? Because they are the children of the flesh, not promised. Because the Jews persecute the children of promise. Because the Jews will not be heirs with us. Because the Jews are of the bondwoman. Because they are under the law. Because the Jews are contrary to all men. And because they are wild men that cannot be controlled. Look what it says in Titus chapter 1 and verse 10. So that's another terrible thing to say. Terrible thing to say. And listen, if you're a wild man that cannot be controlled, I don't believe in going around killing wild men. Y'all understand that? Now, if they're hurting other people, you know, you sometimes you got to step in and defend yourself. But, you know, there's a lot of people out throughout history that have tried to get rid of the Jews. And people will tell you it's because they're God's people. Well, I wish you could show me something from the New Testament that says they're God's people. The Bible says they please not the Lord, but contrary to all men. Okay? So, you know, you can just... You're just going to have to just get over yourself. They're not God's people. And I'm not saying what people have done historically has been right and they haven't taken things too far. But I will say if you've got a bunch of people in your country that are ruining your country, that are taking advantage of people, you know, they're using extortion and all the things that they've used and promoting wickedness, that, you know, some people in that country might say, you know what, enough's enough. Let's get rid of these people. Let's get them out of here. That, that you know, that's going to happen. And, you know, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's going to happen. Okay? You know what? I don't think you ought to go around beating people up. But you know what? I challenge you. Go down to the ghetto in Chicago and start calling people the N-word and messing with them and see if you don't get beat up. That's not right. You shouldn't get beat up. But you know what? It's probably going to happen. And I'm not going to feel real sorry for you if you do something like that. See? Do you understand that? So, you know, I don't, I don't believe on hating the Jews but if they're going to go into all these countries and do all the junk that they've been doing over the years, and then people get evil people get mad at them and re retaliate maybe too harshly, I have a tough time feeling sorry for them. And he said, "Man, you're, you're just you're horrible." Well, I, I, you know, I like to let the Bible 
control my thinking on these things. And it says in Titus 1.10, it says, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Well, you know, we're all like that. Well, yes, everybody has some of this, but some are worse. So he says, especially they of the circumcision. Uh, we just got to leave them alone. Well, he said, whose mouths must be stopped? Who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not? For filthy lucre's sake, they're all about the money. Now, I'm anti-Semitic for saying that, but I got it from the Apostle Paul. They're doing these things for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The creatures are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from, that turn from the truth. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Yeah, well, he wasn't just talking about the Jews. No, he wasn't just talking about Jews, but he did say when he's talking about people like this, it's especially the Jews. Yeah, you can find these people too in pretty much any race, but you're going to especially find it with the Jews. I didn't say that. The Apostle Paul said that. I'm preaching this, folks, straight out of my King James Bible. Everything that we see there is what was said, was prophesied about Ishmael. And the Apostle Paul himself, went to, he went to Ishmael to do this allegory. And I'm not, I didn't come up with this. And this isn't some weird symbolic thing. This isn't some weird parallel allegory I came up with. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So, we should all be thankful that the things of God are not about genetics and they are not about the law, because we would all be in trouble if that was the case. We'd all be in trouble. We all have family history that we're ashamed of. Okay? If you don't have any family history, you're ashamed of, you probably haven't looked at your family history. If we all look back, we can all find somebody in our family that we're ashamed of. I mean, and you might not have to go back very far at all. To find, you might have current family that you're ashamed of. But thank God you're not done for you're not even close. In fact, you could have horrible family history. You currently could have terrible history. But all of a sudden you get saved and now you've got a new family history. That's wonderful. It's Jesus Christ. And you can start all over and you can start changing some things. And you can, you can start a whole new course for your family. Thank God for that. You can only find that in Christianity. What a wonderful thing that is because... Our, you know, it's not about the law for us. We would all be in trouble. There's only one family history that I'm worried about, and that's my spiritual family. I was born again. Now, I wasn't born. I, I was physically born into a Baptist family. But, you know, the Baptists have a lot of things I'm ashamed of. What matters, though, is not that I'm a Baptist or that I was born in a Baptist family, even though I'm thankful I was born in a Baptist family, just like I'm thankful I was born in an American family. I'm glad I wasn't born, you know, in China or someplace like that. I still could have been saved, but I think I've been more blessed because I was, I was born in the United States. But at the end of the day, I still would have gone to hell if I didn't get saved. 
What matters is my spiritual family history, and what matters is I was born again, and I was begotten by God through Jesus Christ. That's what matters, and that spiritually makes me of Isaac. That spiritually makes me one of the children of the promise, and that's what matters. And if people really cared about Jews, they would stop going and worshiping at their feet, which is the opposite of what the Bible says. They're going to come and bow before our feet one of these days, and God's going to let them know that he loved us. They've been saying for all these years that he doesn't love us, that they're the people of God. God's going to prove to them that he loves us. And they are. They're going to come and worship before our feet. That's in the book of Revelation. It was prophesied in the book of Isaiah, or Isaiah, I believe it was. And what if people really loved them, they would tell them how to be born again. And just understand, though, for the most part, if you witness to the Jews, they're going to act like Ishmael. And they're going to persecute you. And if you really love them, you'll take the persecution. The Apostle Paul, he loved his brethren according to the flesh. Enough that he was willing to even be accursed. He was willing to die physically. He took beatings several times. He took a lot of persecution from his physical brothers because he loved them that much. But unfortunately, they kept acting like Ishmael. And, and he suffered as a result of that. And if you want to be a witness to the Jews, I promise you, you're no better than the Apostle Paul. You're no better than Jesus. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated you're going to get beat up, and you'll, you'll get, probably get some saved too. But, you know, I worry about these missionaries to Israel that somehow learned all the secrets the Apostle Paul couldn't figure out and Jesus couldn't figure out, and that are going over there and getting their pictures with their arms around them at the Wailing Wall while they're in their full Orthodox Jewish garb. Well, the, the Jews love them, these, these guys over there. They love them. Why? They, they hate Jesus. They hate the Apostle Paul. Maybe it's because these guys aren't like Jesus and they aren't like Paul. I promise if they preach like them, they will hate them too. But you know what? Everybody loves Trump today. He just gave him a bunch of money, right? And you know, who doesn't love the guy bringing a busload of tourists with a lot of money to spend? Who doesn't love the guy that's bringing him a bunch of ammo and a bunch of protective gear and things to help kill Muslims with? Who doesn't love that guy? They, they don't. Listen, these Jews don't love these missionaries. They love their money. They love that they are over here in the States shoving all their propaganda down the throats of people in the church. That's why they love them. And I think it is wicked. And we will continue to stand against it. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Dear God, I pray you'll help us to learn from this. Lord, I pray you'll just you'll get this message out. Lord, help Baptists to wake up on this thing. Help them to realize just how wrong they are when it comes to Israel. Help them to stop supporting that wicked nation. And help me, Lord, if they really love the Jews, to be willing to take the persecution. And uh, just tell them the truth, dear God, and help them not to stop basically helping these people ride into hell, which is all they're doing. I pray you'll help us to be a good example in this area. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead.